Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Call Talk for Wednesday, February 17th, 2010. Our topic today is benchmarking made easy. Uh, during the show, we invite you to ask your questions via email at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com, chat on calltalk.tv, or call in to ask the host your questions and interact with the show. The number to call in is 347-857-3117. Everyone who asks a question, email, or phone on the show will receive a free copy of Bruce's book, Benchmarking at its Best, and one person will be chosen at random to win an in-depth reality check benchmarking report valued at $1,500. And now I'd like to introduce the host of the Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you very much, Sean, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Well, our listeners uh, chose today's topic on benchmarking made easy, and of course we at Benchmark Portal love benchmarking, so we're always ready to talk about it. And I'd like to introduce my guest today, who's John Chatterley. Uh, he's been on the program before and has gotten great reviews from our listeners. And it's probably because John is one of the most experienced practitioners, researchers, and writers in the business. Uh, John set up and ran call centers for MicroAge, a former Fortune 500 company. I guess when you say f- former, John is not there anymore. I hope that didn't have anything to do with you. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> while he was there, he covered just about every position there is. And he's the author of uh, the book, Offshore outsourcing opportunities with Dr. John Anton, and he's been a copy editor of uh, dozens of books, research papers, case studies, and articles over the last decade. Uh, He's also a member of Benchmark Portal Statistics Committee and produces industry reports and heads the Center of Excellence Certification Program. As a result, he knows uh, pretty much as much about benchmarking as anybody on the planet. So, John, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Bruce. I'm happy to be back with you. Okay, great. Uh, Sean, can I just ask, are you getting an echo on the line right now for me? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to uh, call back in, and uh, John, maybe while I'm doing that, you could uh, just cut to the chase on two topics. What What's benchmarking good for, and what are the problems with benchmarking? Uh, glad to do that, Bruce. Uh, I look forward to you getting back. But uh, we know that benchmarking is good is good for for a lot of uh, of, of centers. Let me put in a few uh, bullet points, some of which our listeners may be familiar with, and some which might offer some new insights. First, uh, benchmarking is a way of judging your performance overall against the industry. Second, uh, is a way of pinpointing strengths and weaknesses in your own operation. And third, is a way of exploring the weaknesses to figure out the underlying problems in the people, processes, and tech. Uh, this allows you to formulate your plans and proposals to fix specific gaps in metrics and to improve your performance. Um, uh, you're not uh, necessarily pr- proving uh, uh, or picking improvement initiatives based on gut feel or the last colleague or vendor you spoke with or a webinar or event you you attend, you're charting your future based more on your objective benchmarks metrics. Um, benchmarking itself also provides a solid foundation uh, that you need to support your business proposals uh, to make uh, the, the um, 
improvements that you uh, uh, uncover that you need. Um, uh, obviously, I it won't surprise anybody that I'm sold on benchmarking. There seems to be every reason to do it and no excuse for doing it. So why isn't uh, why isn't everybody benchmarking every month? Um, our uh, our conclusion, uh, yeah, Bruce. Okay, I'm back. Do I still have the? Uh, yeah, I do have the echo. Okay, I apologize. I'm going to get on on another telephone. But in the meantime, maybe you could keep going. Keep uh, Glad glad to. Uh, essentially, the reason people, uh, centers aren't benchmarking all the time is is due to time and effort. Having operated call centers for many years uh, in the past, um, I realized that calls. Call centers, uh, call, a daily call center operation is a is a very uh, uh, up to the moment activity, and it takes a considerable effort to to set aside time to do benchmarking. There are often uh, several different management reports that have to be com combined and combed through, and sometimes managers have to dig their dig into their manuals to find out the definition of reported metrics to be sure they match the definitions that are used. Uh, definition, uh, are you back, Bruce? I'm back, John. I hope I'm not uh, having a repeat now. Can everybody hear me okay? Well, I can hear you just great. Okay, great. I was just, okay, great. I was just, uh, just up to the point of talking about the definitions used in the surveys. Um, okay. They seem, okay. They seem to be, yeah, because those, uh, yeah, those, those definitions can be so important. I know that uh, you know one person's occupancy, another person's utilization, as you and I sometimes say, but uh, it's definitely worth the effort because of the fact that you get so much good information that you can then have uh, actionable results from. Uh, that's right. You really can't make uh, um, decisions without... Uh, Without benchmarking input. Okay. Okay. Um, in this day and age, no self-respecting call center manager would commit a budget or change people and processes without the benchmarking data in hand. Um, you don't want to shoot blind when you're doing using corporate resource sources, and uh, you want to have your ducks in order when you're answering questions on your decisions and your requests. One question okay. that I'm often asked, Bruce, is if I had to focus on one KPI, which one do you consider the most important? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, what's uh, your answer to that? Well, um, the answer that always leaps to my mind first is customer satisfaction, and mm -hmm. I would follow that up very quickly uh, with uh, first call resolution. I think those two do more to promote uh, customer uh, loyalty and uh, uh, and uh, maintain customer satisfaction than any of the others. Okay. okay. And, and it is important to uh, not only know what your metrics are, but also to benchmark them against others, because obviously if your customer satisfaction is much higher or lower, or your first call resolution is much higher or lower than your competitors, you need to know that. I think I am still getting a um, an echo here, so I apologize for that. I'm going to Wrap off again and see if uh, I can get back on. Well, I'd have to agree with you on that, Bruce. Still, from extensive on-site audits that I've conducted, I've often found 
the management is conflicted on which metrics beyond the two just mentioned they should focus on and what trade-offs they're faced with when they concentrate on a specific metric. For example, you know, they can face the prospect that working to lower talk time could impact uh, their first call resolution. And this isn't necessarily the thing that they would like to do, especially if they are providing technical support. Another example of boosting, uh, or another example of conflicting uh, uh, metrics is occupancy. Uh, boosting occupancy uh, can uh, can sometimes contribute to agent burnout and accelerate uh, attrition. So one has mm -hmm. to look at balancing the performance across multiple KPIs in order to achieve an overall improvement in efficiency and effectiveness with which they deliver their service. Mm -hmm. And on that note, I would like to invite every Call Talk listener to a free call center performance reality check uh, from Benchmark Portal combined with a formalized reality check readback by one of our Purdue certified call center auditors. Mm -hmm. All you have to do to capitalize on this offer is to visit the Benchmark Portal homepage and click on Reality Check, fill out the short questionnaire there, and then wait for our call for uh, an appointment to give them the read to give you the readback. Mm -hmm. Okay, no, that's a that's a great point, John, and uh, something that hopefully a lot of people will be able to take advantage of, uh, particularly anybody who hasn't already had the experience with uh, with benchmarking. Uh, Sean, I think you have a question. Sean? Maybe we've lost Sean for the moment. Uh, no, I, no, I'm here. Sorry. Um, uh, Bob asks, how often should I benchmark my center to make sure that I am staying ahead of the competition? Okay, uh, Sean, actually, we have an echo from you as well. And uh, let's see, uh, John, okay, maybe you can answer that question. You're the only one who doesn't seem to have an echo. <laughs> well, uh, that's a great question, uh, uh, and and there's no uh, cut-and-dried answer to that, uh, but but to to uh, to set, set out sort of a, a map or a guideline, uh, at least uh, once every six months is a good idea and more often especially if you're if you're undergoing changes if you're if you're increasing call volume and and thereby increasing uh, agent staff if you're uh, implementing a new technology it's really important to benchmark your center twice once uh, before the improvement initiative is undertaken and then again following the improvement initiative so that you can show uh, your return on uh, your return on investment justify the uh, the um, uh, the estimates that were made on improvement in service uh, before the improvement initiative is done mm -hmm. um, okay okay that's good. John, you know what? Uh, Sean is thinking that maybe it's your phone. Could you possibly uh, hang up and then uh, call from another phone, and we'll, we'll give that a try. We apologize to our listeners for the inconvenience. We'll give that a try. Yeah, I'll be glad to. Okay. It's a little bit of a high-risk strategy because it was the only one that was working, so now we're <laughs> getting rid of it. 
But right now, it sounds like everything's okay, Sean. Is that correct? Okay, good. It's gone now. So that must have been it. Um, anyway, good. So I hope that uh, people are able to take advantage of the offer. And, uh, uh, and, and one of the things, and John may have mentioned this already. He and I talked about it beforehand. There are a couple of ways to try to make benchmarking easier. One is to uh, be very methodical about going through it the first time and to get a committee together of people who are the experts in the various metrics, uh, from your workforce management people to your uh, reporting people, et cetera, and uh, basically have a team effort toward putting together the metrics so that it's not just all put on one person. And then keep the notes from that first benchmarking round and when you then do benchmarking again, pull out that folder with the information in it. And then you can uh, basically replicate what you did before and not have to reinvent the wheel. We oftentimes find that even some people who've done it uh, for a few years in a row haven't done that. And so therefore, they have to kind of uh, bring up uh, and find and dig out reports again that they, uh, they, they've done in the past. So that's one uh, tip for making it easier. And um, uh, another one has to do with uh, a future uh, item that we're working on now that we're calling Direct Connect. And for that, uh, we're going to be offering something. Watch for this by the end of 2010, where you'll be able to upload information directly from your reporting system or your ACD uh, to a site that we will make available. And then we will be able to um, turn around uh, put that information into our database and provide you with uh, reports and dashboards that will make it uh, seamless for you to get your benchmarking information. Now, the wonderful thing here is you won't have to dig out those reports. You won't have to <laughs> put in anything. It will all be done automatically. So this is something that's uh, slated for 2010, and we look forward to uh, talking to you more about that in the future. So, uh, John, I think you're back on now. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back on. I hope this sounds a little better. It does sound a little better. Maybe a little bit far, uh, farther from the, uh, the telephone, but uh, overall it sounds very good. So let's see. Sean, should we go back to you for uh, another question? Uh, sure. We had a question just come in. Uh, this one came from John. Uh, <clears throat> what are the security issues of uploading information automatically? Uh, I'm not sure my IT guy will let me uh, do direct connect. <laughs> okay. Well, John was listening closely to what I was just saying. Actually, uh, that's a very good, uh, good question. So uh, direct connect does foresee information going directly from your ACD into a, uh, an upload that we can then take it from and put it into our uh, database and then turn around the report to you. I mean, just think about that, how nice it would be to be able to get that information on a regular basis without having to dig through reports, et cetera. But it does mean that you have to deal with your IT people uh, with regard to security issues. And uh, right now we see a couple of ways around. One of them is that you will be able to um, uh, basically have the information sent to one of your managers uh, who then the button uh, such that the file can be uploaded to uh, to our site. So it uh, will be a little less automatic. It will require manual intervention, uh, but that manual intervention 
will be that manual intervention will be limited to simply pushing a button to forward the information rather than having to actually gather all the information, which as a manual process is a lot tougher. Okay, so John, I hope that answers your question. If not, please send another one. Good, good question. Any, uh, do you have another one, Sean? Uh, not at this time. Uh, but uh, everyone who's listening, remember you can call in your questions, email, or add them to the chat box on calltalk.tv. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, uh, one of the things that uh, people oftentimes ask about is the, uh, the glossary of terms for the formulas for the different KPIs. Uh, John, maybe you'd like to, uh, to talk about that for a little bit. Uh, sure. Uh, we've made a great effort to to try to capture and and um, and make sure that the terms that are used are well understood and common across the uh, benchmarking uh, community. And we have a glossary of those terms available uh, on our on the benchmark portal website, so that. Uh, anyone can can visit that, open open that up, or or uh, or download the uh, glossary for their for their own internal use. Uh, one of the benefits of of the glossary is that it includes not only a a overall definition of the terms, but it also includes the formulas to showing how each of the uh, key performance metrics are. Uh, Calculated, so it uh, it's helpful when you're trying to to come up with the um, equation for uh, talk time um, uh, or average uh, uh, um, the average for occupancy or utilization or some of those uh, terms that are uh, and definitions that are, are less familiar to uh, pull down the glossary. And, and step through it. That way, when you benchmark, you can be sure that you're comparing uh, apples with apples. And John, you know, one of the things that I've noticed too is that by going through the uh, glossary, oftentimes when people are doing benchmarking for the first or second time, uh, they start to understand the interrelationship that you were talking about earlier among the various, uh, uh, the, the various uh, metrics. And uh, it's really a great way of sort of getting to understand some of the yings and yangs inside the call center because you'll oftentimes push uh, here and it will sort of uh, pull, pull out somewhere else. And uh, if you understand how those interactions uh, apply, then you can be much smarter about what levers you push in terms of uh, going forward and, and improving your center. Um, you know, again, uh, trying to make your average speed of answer come down uh, and your talk time come down can oftentimes result in lower um, first call resolution. It can also result in higher abandons. And so understanding the interrelationships there is, um, uh, you know, is, is very important so that you don't sort of get a one metric view of how your, your center uh, works. Well, okay, uh, Bruce, so Go ahead. Uh, uh, just let, let me comment. Uh, I think uh, you struck on the key. The question uh, the call center and managers uh, should be asking themselves is, how good is good enough? Uh, it's, uh, and, and benchmarking is the only way to find that out. Uh, you, you, there's no need in spending uh, 
extra dollars on bringing down talk time, for example, if you're already delivering um, uh, talk to, uh, a talk time uh, level that is as good as or better than your competitors, and you might want to look at focusing on on another uh, key performance indicator uh, for a improvement initiative. Uh, it's balancing. Yeah, the key is balancing the metrics uh, for uh, efficiency and for quality and customer satisfaction. That's that's the real. Uh, the essence of benchmarking, and that's the real challenge that all call center managers uh, are constantly dealing with. Go ahead, Bruce. At the end of the day, it's the essence of good management, isn't it? I mean, uh, benchmarking should be uh, the biggest aid that you have in terms of balancing your efficiency and your effectiveness and therefore optimizing your center. And uh, that's how it should be used, as a tool specifically for optimizing your center in a way that you can show your senior managers, in a way you can prove to yourself and to your agents and your supervisors that, in fact, you're doing as good a job possible at uh, balancing those factors. Okay, Sean, I think uh, you've got a uh, another question coming in. Uh, yes, we have a caller on the line. Let me just bring him on. Hold on one second. Oh, good, a caller. Oops. Uh... Sorry, my control panel. Uh, I believe, uh, Jeff, are you on the line? Yes. Okay, Jeff, go ahead with your question. I have trouble understanding the difference between occupancy and utilization. Aren't they both about the same? And if so, why do I need to track both of those? Uh, wow, Jeff, that's, that's a absolutely outstanding question and one that we're often asked. Um, you know, the the best way to understand occupancy um, is uh, that occupancy is a measure of how much of a total agent's time uh, or shift time uh, they are logged into the system ready to take calls. That doesn't necessarily mean they're on call, but it means they're in a, in a call-ready uh, state. So whether they're on a call, or waiting for the next call, or working on after-call work time, um, that's, uh, that's the time that's included in the definition of occupancy. So, for example, if a, an agent is logged into the system six hours out of an eight-hour shift, then their occupancy would be 75%. Utilization, on the other hand, is sort of a, a submetric of occupancy. Uh, utilization is the amount of time that agents are actually engaged in a call or engaged in the after-call work time associated with the call. So the difference between uh, the two is that uh, occupancy is the amount of time they're logged in and utilization is the amount of time they're talking to customers or, or doing a follow-up after-call work uh, following a call. Uh, so... Utilization, so let, let's say that out of the total um, uh, occupancy, uh, an agent is, uh, is engaged in calls 80% uh, of the time, or, you know, uh, is engaged in the calls 80% of the time, then that 80% becomes their occupancy number, or their, excuse me, now I'm getting the two terms mixed up, that, that 
becomes their utilization number. I hope that uh, hope that answered your question, Bruce. Did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, I do. Uh, just in the sense that uh, one of the important things in looking at these metrics is trying to figure out what the accountability is. In fact, I'm working with a, a client right now where they're very good at trying to figure out not just what needs to get done, but who's accountable for it. And if you look at occupancy and utilization, uh, this is a you know perfect place to to indicate that occupancy is. Uh, in great part, the responsibility of the agent. They are supposed to be seated in their seats, uh, logged in, and ready for calls uh, when they're supposed to be. You know, they're supposed to be, uh, and it's very closely tied to adherence to schedule, et cetera. Utilization, on the other hand, is a responsibility of management, of workforce management in particular. So that's where the accountability lies. In other words, if the agent is there, plugged in, ready for a call, uh, then it's the responsibility of workforce management to make sure that they are uh, optimally utilized uh, in doing that. And, and as a result, we like to see uh, occupancy levels that are reasonable, you know, 80% level or something like that, but uh, so that you don't have burnout. You don't want a 90% occupancy level under our definition, uh, or you will burn your agents out. On the other hand, once they're in their seat, they should want to do a good job, and they usually do, and therefore you want to keep them busy. Um, okay, good. Let's see. Uh, I, if we don't have another uh, question, Sean might be off for a second. Uh, let, let me just talk about one other thing that can be uh, very important. Oh, Jeff, are you still on, by the way? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, does that answer your question? Yes, thank you very much. Uh, that was great. I appreciate the info uh, that you guys have been able to provide today. Okay, great. We're happy to do that. Um, actually, one of the other things that, that came to mind, I was just thinking back on the whole uh, Direct Connect situation. Uh, one of the things that we provide to people who benchmark is their position on the four-quadrant matrix. So for those who are not familiar with it, basically, uh, on a graph, we show you your position vis-a-vis, -vis or, or yeah, vis-a-vis -vis basically the rest of your industry. And we put a star on this graphic that shows whether you are more efficient and effective than your uh, competitive peers, or less so in, in each of the, the uh, indices, which are uh, effectiveness and efficiency. And, and that star can move around over time. And one of the nice things about having an automated way of benchmarking is that you'd be able to do that, say, on a monthly basis and see how your star is moving regularly instead of waiting until the end of the year, as some people do, and uh, sort of having the surprise of finding out that the industry has moved from underneath you without your knowing. <laughs> so, in other words, uh, one of the principles of uh, good management is no surprises, or at least as few surprises as possible. And uh, therefore, understanding how you are benchmarked against your industry on a monthly or quarterly basis can really help you out in terms of understanding where you might be slipping and where your uh, strengths are. So, uh, John, do you have anything to add to that? Um, only this, Bruce. Uh, the more uh, a manager is, is tracking and benchmarking their center, the more closely uh, uh, connected they are with how they're doing with respect to their 
their industry peers and the better job they're likely to be doing. And uh, so all I can say, I, I'm an absolute uh, banner-waving believer in benchmarking. Um, as I mentioned uh, prior to to joining Benchmark Portal, uh, uh, we use benchmarking regularly, and uh, we were able to document uh, a monetary as well as uh, metric uh, um, customer satisfaction uh, um, improvements as a result of that. So uh, I, I just uh, I just am a true advocate and truly believe that, and invite our listeners to take advantage of the offer that I mentioned earlier to visit our website and uh, and do a reality check. Okay. Um, uh, Sean, do you have a uh, another caller? Uh, yes, I do. Um, Luann, uh, you're on the show. Ask the host your question. Um, I'm interested in John's thoughts on a, uh, average handle time being an antiquated metric. I'm hearing more and more about that, and and I and I always agreed because I I want quality over quantity. Uh, well, if I if I uh, said that I thought that. Uh, that uh, you you said uh, talk time or call handle time is an antiquated metric. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, if I said that, then I probably misspoke. I didn't really. No, 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 no. no John, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. It's that's a big topic in the LinkedIn groups and other places throughout the industry. That it's an antiquated uh, metric, and I wanted your thoughts on. Oh, it. I see. Oh, 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 I, I see. Well, I regard talk time as as one of the twelve of most important metrics uh, to measure uh, the uh, effectiveness of a call center operation. Um, too little time, um, as Bruce has previously mentioned, can result in lowered customer satisfaction because calls may not get resolved. Just the emphasis is is so so uh, so strong on that. Uh, and also, it can lead to a, a, ban a higher abandon rate. So, um, I, I believe that uh, an important rule in handling any call is to make every effort to try to resolve that call uh, during the initial call. Follow-up calls never lead to satisfaction on the caller's part. So, um, in my opinion, um, talk time and call handle time uh, remain uh, high on the list, and in in no way do I consider them to be antiquated metrics. So thank you, Lillian, for that excellent question. Thank you. Luann, stay on just for a second, Luann, because I'd like to just add something to that, because I do think that there has been a hot debate about average handle time, and that a lot of people have felt there's been too much emphasis put on it in the past, and I would agree with a lot of those people because, uh, you know, you have a situation where uh, management, uh, not senior management, sometimes not knowing enough, will say, okay, uh, the best way to keep headcount down is to get down the average handle time. And then your first call resolution goes down and your customer satisfaction goes down and, uh, and everybody starts getting unhappy again. What we have found, though, Luann, is that uh, there are definite situations where uh, average handle time, when properly spotlighted in context, 
of the other things that John and I'm sure your LinkedIn groups have been talking about with regard to quality uh, in context can, uh, can actually uh, make a difference in terms of the overall positioning of the call center. Uh, just very quickly, um, there's one situation where we certified a center, really good center, uh, but their handle time was really long, and they basically had the idea, we don't care as long as we have very high uh, quality. And uh, what we did was to say to them, you know what, you have very mature agents here. They had very low turnover. They had very good uh, responsiveness from the agents. And we said, you know, if you coach those agents and explain to them that one of the things that you need to do to get a little bit more in line is to improve on that handle time, uh, then I bet that you are able to coach them to just as high quality and bring down that handle a little bit. And they did. And uh, so the result was everybody was happy. The agents didn't feel pressured. They felt like they were being treated like adults, which they were. Uh, but they were being given responsibility to just be a little bit aware of how, how they could be just as good on the quality side through proper coaching and at the same time bring down the amount of time they use to handle it. So does that make sense to you, Luann? Oh, yes. That's great information. Thank you. Okay. Good. Very good. Sean, well, I think we're, we're at the end of our uh, half-hour slot here. Actually, we've gone beyond it a little bit. Uh, but uh, uh, do you have any other questions? Uh, we did have one other question. Uh, let me just get to it. Um, let's see. This question came in from Kim. Um, <clears throat> uh, she's been asked to find a nationally recognized productivity stat for hospital call centers. For example, how many calls per hour per FTE should we expect our staff to handle? Since there's hmm. no typical hospital call center, this seems like an impossible task. Uh, since there's so much among call centers in terms of types of calls they handle and a mix of calls. Any ideas? Yeah. Actually, my ideas, and uh, probably John's too, would be that uh, we do have a pretty good database on uh, medical centers at this point. So uh, if she were to uh, benchmark with us, she could get uh, that metric. I think that's in our in-depth reality check, but still it's a very good metric to have. Um, we have found that the medical community more and more has been more tuned in to benchmarking uh, from everything from uh, health insurance to uh, other kinds of insurance and, and as well as other kinds of medical and health care. Uh, interestingly enough, quite a few university health centers benchmark with us. So uh, there is a way of finding that out, and uh, I think it would be worthwhile to do so. Bruce, if I could just jump in here, there's... There's also, though, this is, this is not directly at what we've been talking about today, but there's also another way for members of any industry, whether it's hospitals, whether it's financial services or any other industry, there's a way for them to, to find out what the industry average is for their industry, and that's through the use of our annual... Um, industry reports. We publish uh, annual industry reports uh, for 43 different vertical industry sectors. So the chances are that that for most uh, listeners, the uh, industry that their center belongs to is covered in one of our industry reports. So that's another way for them, without having to go through all the rigors of benchmarking. Uh, if they if they just uh, want to see how other centers are doing, 
uh, that's another way for them to get that information. Okay. Very good. Great idea, John. Okay. Well, uh, listen, I'd like to uh, thank all of our listeners for joining us and uh, to hand things back over to Sean. Okay. Uh, I want to thank our host, uh, John Chatterley, for his great insights during the show today. Uh, Thank you for all the questions from the participants. I I really think it was a great show. Uh, Sorry we went over, but we went over because uh, questions were coming in and we like to interact with the audience. Uh, Don't forget, uh, if you do have any questions about uh, how you compare uh, benchmarking, uh, you can try our uh, reality check uh, to see how uh, you compare to your peers in your industry. Our our winner today for the in-depth reality check is uh, Kim. Uh, Kim, uh, I'll send you an email on how uh, you can move forward to completing your in-depth reality check. The topic for our show, uh, our next show is Developing Agents Who Are More Customer-Centric. This show will be on March 3rd, uh, Wednesday, same time, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you very much for attending our show, and uh, have a great day. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.